Hi, my name is Emma Ho, and I play Oriana on Strange New Worlds. Hi, I'm Ian Ho. I play the first servant on Strange New Worlds. And you're, and you're listening, listening to Trek Untold. Welcome to Trek Untold, the Star Trek podcast that goes beyond the stars. I'm your host, Matthew Kaplowitz. The Star Trek universe is a unique place in the world of acting for many reasons, but in particular for its longevity. As regular listeners of my show will know, I've had a few guests here who did Star Trek when they were very young, like Phil and Iona Morris, who appeared way, way back on the original series before they were even in the double digits of age. And those two, among others, went on to have very storied careers that would also intersect again with Trek during their adulthood. It's always fun chatting with these veterans who did the show when they were tiny little people, but what if we could go back in time and learn what they thought of Star Trek when it was still fresh in their minds? Well, I can't do that yet because time travel hasn't been invented, but what I can do instead is chat with someone who just experienced Star Trek for the very first time through that lens. Today on Trek Untold, I'm chatting with brother and sister Ian and Emma Ho. You'd recognize this pair of 12-year-old twins from their respective appearances on the first season of Strange New Worlds. Ian was the ill-fated servant in the episode Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, and Emma was the shipwrecked Oriana in All Those Who Wander, who had 99 problems and Gorn was one of them. Even though they're only 12 years old, their resumes are already really long, including work on screen and behind it, as voiceover performers on some pretty well-known shows. They've got a lot of cool stories to tell, and it's really exciting to hear them from the perspective of kids. Ian and Emma are also joined by their dad, Eric, who, along with their mom, are active participants in their children's lives and careers in the best way possible. Now, real quick before we begin, I do want to let anyone know who's watching the video version today that the quality is a little rough for the first third of the interview. Then it gets better for the remainder of the show, but it's still pretty choppy. It's never 100% clear. The family was on vacation at the time in the wilds of Canada, So the internet connection was a little bit spotty, but I can assure you that their voices came through loud and clear. So you might not be able to see them perfectly, but you're not going to miss a single tidbit of information. So with that disclaimer out of the way, let's get ready for, well, what I think is one of the most unique episodes of this podcast that I've ever had with a pair of twins named Ian and Emma Ho. But before we begin this week's episode, I want to remind you to follow Trek Untold on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Trek Untold, all one word. You can get show updates, check out some fun memes, and let me know what you think about what's going on with the current events in the Star Trek universe. You can also support this show directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash trekuntold, where you can support this show for as little as $2 a month. At higher tiers, you can listen to the shows before they come out, know about my guests well in advance, and even have a chance to ask them questions, get transcripts of these episodes to make sure you get all the info, and more benefits coming soon, including watch parties and live streams. But that's all dependent on more fans like you coming over and letting me know you want to be a part of events like that. If you want some Trek Untold merchandise, check out our store for gear and apparel, including shirts, hats, stickers, water bottles, notebooks, and a whole lot more. New designs will be added throughout the year, so it's always worth taking a peek. Trek Untold also has an Amazon shop where you can peruse everything Star Trek, sci-fi, and geeky on Amazon in one convenient location. If you're looking for a gift for the Trekkie in your life, or maybe you want to see some of my favorite non-Star Trek things that you can get for yourself, check out the link for my Amazon shop in the show notes on the audio version and in the description below this video on YouTube. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other audio platforms that allow for ratings and reviews, please leave us a five-star rating and a positive review to help out this show. If you're watching it on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to us at youtube.com slash nerdnewstoday and give the video a thumbs up and a comment. All of these things help more people find this show and to continue growing and bringing you awesome guests each and every week. Now, without further ado, let's beam in this week's guest. Computer, access interview file. And welcome back to Trek Untold. And now join me on the other side of the screen. We have not one, not two, not four, but three guests on this episode of the show. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. Hi, my name's Emma Ho. Hi, I'm Ian Ho. I'm Dad, Eric Ho. (laughs) Hello, Ho family. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me today. And, you know, folks who are listening, they already know who you are because we did a whole other introduction. But, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to chat with you two today, and all three of you, really. But 
you know, you guys are the youngest guests I've ever had on this show. That's really cool. And also a little scary for me. Yeah. Well, you um, guys are happy. That's good. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited. We're really happy to be here. So thank Excellent. you for having us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you guys. So yeah, let's just jump right on into things today here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you guys the first question I ask all my guests. And this goes to you parents as well here. Uh, what is your earliest memory of Star Trek, if you have one? Did you guys watch it before you were on the show? Well, well yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, our dad did show us um, the pilot and a, a couple other episodes um, of the original series. And then we got interested in, do you know Lower Decks? Oh, yeah, I know Lower Decks. Yeah, we know know Lower Decks. We're big fans of Lower Decks. Um, Yeah, we we watched that, and we think that's really funny. Anything to add? Yeah, um, no, I just, I really like Lower Decks. I remember, uh, like, I was, like, sad, and then my dad was like, hey, let's watch Lower Decks. And I was like, yes! And, yeah. (laughs) Instant pick-me-up. Yeah. (laughs) Ian, I do the exact same thing, by the way. If I feel sad, I watch Lower Decks, too. Yeah, and they're doing a crossover with uh, Strange New World. That's right. I know, I can't wait for that. Um, Myself, I guess I watched all the uh, Star Trek movies up until, I guess, uh, the Next Generation uh, movie. And um, and then I I was interested in that. I I used to watch some. It wasn't really an avid fan, but I I knew about it, and it was... And I'm also kind of like a science geek. Okay. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I went through for science in my university days. So, so it's, uh, I love science fiction. Oh, that's very cool. So you got the whole family into this then. That's cool. I like that everybody's into Star Trek and Lower Decks is one of my favorites also. And if you guys haven't <laughs> seen this little spaceship that's behind me right here, that's from Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite series. Uh, so maybe one day you guys will check that out. Yeah, maybe. There's so many episodes to watch. Oh, there's so a lot there's of too many. To <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, you guys have, or both of you have a very impressive resume for such young ages. Uh, and just for our viewers who don't know, um, Ian, Emma, how old are you guys? We're 12. Yeah, we're 12. We're twins. We're twins. All right, yeah. Very cool. So two 12 year olds on Star Trek, basically episode, one episode apart from each other. So they're basically twin episodes also. Uh, we're going to, we're going to get to the Star Trek stuff in a little bit, but I want to ask you guys a few other things first. Uh, and first question is when did each of you know that you wanted to be actors? Um, well, I remember one day I was watching Disney Channel and I saw these kids that were like about my age and I just ran into my mom's room and I was like, hey, I would really like to be on TV. Well, no, I was just like, hey, I want to be on TV. And uh, <laughs> father, <laughs> father would like to be on TV. I would most appreciate it if you could. <laughs> um, no, I was just like, hey, I would love to be on TV. And, um. Yeah. You were like a big YouTube. I was a big Hollywood. I was a really big fan of Shake It Up. Anytime and... you'd see like a YouTube icon or something, it's like YouTube, and then Made in Japan. I was a big fan of uh, Shake It Up, uh, the Zendaya and, and uh, Bella Thorne uh, series and Disney Channel. So uh, it was all about that. Uh, Emma, what's your story? <laughs> so that happened, and then I was like. They they asked me if I wanted to do it too, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> so we, we met easy? with an agency in uh, in Toronto, and uh, just to start, there were four at the time, and then they didn't uh, really get a lot. They did a couple of you know like one off things that was the the payment was an honorarium of uh, <laughs> was that Toys R Us a Toys R Us card of seventy five dollars <laughs> or something like that. Um, just little things and it wasn't really much. So we, I pulled them out. We pulled them out, me and mom. And, uh, it wasn't until we just focused on academics. And then it wasn't until we had really nice Christmas photos one year <laughs> and yeah. mom decided to submit us to an agency and, uh, they liked us. They liked the really and, Emma, and, and they started sending them out and they started auditioning and they started booking. So that's how it starts. And by the way, I'm so jealous. You guys still have Toys R Us's in Canada, by the way. I wish we still had those in America. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Like, they don't have it. They don't have it. And a lot of people are like, yeah, sad about it. Yeah. They closed down for years in the U.S. What's the big toy store in the U.S. that uh, everybody knows? Mastermind Toys? 
We don't really have one anymore, actually. Target. Yeah. Target. Like, yeah, it actually is now Target and Walmart. I love Target. Walmart. Yeah, we have Walmart here. I'm honestly, I'm, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm really like jealous that you guys have Target. Target we want Target. Well, we can trade. You guys we had have Target. Target. Toys we had Target. And then they, they didn't want to stay around Canada, so they left Canada, so That's we don't have Target. Come back, Target. <laughs> So, yeah, Eric, what was your reaction when you found out your kids wanted to act, though? I mean, were you all for this, or were you like, eh, they'll grow out of this, it's not a big thing? What, what did you think? I had the same reaction that most Asian parents would have when the, parent, <laughs> when the kid would want to be in entertainment. Um, I had some reservations, but, and myself being a science guy, and, and I went through for for uh, a chiropractic, and, and uh, I'm a teacher as well. Uh, my whole thing was math and science, math and science, so I was... I appreciated the arts. I was in a member of, of the high school bands and stuff like that. So I appreciated music too, but I, I personally didn't see it as a viable career path. Um, because also because I, I grew up in Sarnia, Ontario and that's like down by, by Michigan, um, that part of Ontario. And there wasn't a lot going on for show business there unless you're at the local car dealership, uh, commercial or radio commercial or something like that so my whole thing was academics and so when they wanted to to start i was like okay well we'll see we'll see how it goes but if we're going to do it we can do it 100 percent and and that's how it was well they're definitely killing it so far i mean you guys like i said earlier you've done a lot of stuff at such a young age which is really awesome uh, <laughs> now, do you guys like take acting classes somewhere like how do you learn how to do what you do well, um, yeah, at the at the start, we did a lot of training. Honestly, I'm doing training right now because I'm getting into more mature stuff. But uh, it, yeah, we do training. Um, we we do acting classes. And They've had the same coach for since they were seven years old. Um, she, she her name is her name is uh, uh, Sarah Nakato. She's at Armstrong Acting Studios in Toronto. And, uh, they just, she's just taken them from seven years old and she's just been their coach ever since. We've also done other schools in Toronto, but, um, that was the most consistent place that they've been. Um, and it's where we turn to every time we need a little, little bit of help. Yeah. yeah very cool. You know, I, I talked to a lot of actors on this podcast and they all take different styles of, of acting. They all learn different ways to do the same thing. Uh, and they always have kind of different challenges as well. So. For you guys, uh, what's been, uh, yeah, I'll start with you in this case, uh, Emma. For you, what's been the hardest challenge about learning how to act? Um, I would say the nerves. Hmm. Uh, mo- mostly in-person auditioning. Uh, but since the whole pandemic thing, we haven't really been, been able to do that. Uh, but when we would, I would have a lot of nerves. There was a bunch of other, other people in the room. Yeah. And uh, just staring at me and being like when you have to bring to the table yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I would think it's the nerves I get really nervous sometimes but yeah that how about you Ian um you know I feel like you know I I found this out lately like I'm very you know like critical of myself and um I I try and make the character my own, but like at the same time, I'm like, oh, but is that a good idea? And like, is this okay? Is that okay? And sometimes like emotional stuff is hard for me to do. And then I'll get in the room and I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll actually like give it my all and I'll be like, oh, let's do it again because it wasn't that bad. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely one of the hardest parts about acting is trying to get emotions out there because it can be pretty, pretty hard to do that. And also kind of just, keep being yourself while you're trying to be someone else. Yeah. And like trying to be able to kind of um, turn that off easily. Cause I remember I was, I was doing a series and I had to like really sob because someone died. And then like in between takes, like they were like, my co-stars were like, Hey, Hey, it's okay. Like it takes done. And I was like, I can't stop crying. Like I can't stop crying. So Emma, you know, I got to tell you, I talked to a lot of other actors, like I mentioned on this show, and so many of them have the same kind of problems with auditioning. And these are like folks who are, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, like they still have the same kind of problems you have. It's really tough. It's scary to go in front of people and like show all these things and show all these emotions. That's really a tough thing to do. Yeah. 
I'm glad I'm not the one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let me talk to you guys about, if you remember, what was your very first professional gigs on camera? Um, well, one of my first, um, it was, it was called, it is called Code 8. And I play this really small part. I play um, someone's daughter. And basically she has these powers and I eat ice cream. <laughs> That's a good part. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Oh, um, I, <laughs> uh, I was seven and I um, played the son of the main character in a movie called The Simple Favor. And I got to drop an F-bomb and a lot of swear words. Um, but I'm pretty sure the only swear, like one of the only swear words that uh, they kept was the F-word. So, yeah. <laughs> Eric, how'd you feel about that one? <laughs> oh, well, when your kid's going to say F, <laughs> you really have to decide if that's, a, if that's a, a bell you want rung because you can't unring that bell. So... You know, we we had a rule that you know you can, can only swear if it's in the script. Yeah. <laughs> that was our rule. He was seven at the time. And that that was sort of well, if you're gonna do this, you better do it right. So mm-hmm. it was kind of funny going through before, the night before the audition, and and it's like this is how you swear. <laughs> so this is <laughs> you're not doing it right. Do it with more emotion. Yeah, I remember in the audition room, uh, one of the people that were like there with me we're like so how do you feel about swearing and my only response was <laughs> i was so excited to swear <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to accept as part of the job you know they since then they've had lots of swear words <laughs> yeah well, i'm sure they're happy about that right yes yeah okay that, that yeah. was very emphatic oh, they, yes. they pointed out to me like, <laughs> on the script <laughs> I get to swear. I get to say this. <laughs> yeah. So like first time ever being on a set. I mean, what's that like? Cause there's a lot of lights and a lot of people, you know, Emma, you were talking about being nervous in an audition, but now you're in this room just filled with even more people, all these different cameras, technicians, a lot of stuff. You don't know what's happening. I mean, what's it like your very first day on a set for both of you? Okay, thank you. Um, I yeah, honestly, most of the time when I I have something that I'm going to for the first day, um, mostly on like on camera stuff, I I, I have all these butterflies in my stomach because you know sometimes I see people like I see people on the names that like I do know and I'm really excited to see, and some people I know but they don't know me and I'm like super nervous but also really excited to see them and on the car ride there i'm like and i'm trying to keep my emotions like way down Hmm. and um yeah they end up just all coming out in the end when i meet them like hi me and yeah you know it's super exciting for me because i get to (laughs) meet new people and make new friends (laughs) oh um (laughs) Or someone said, like, very first time or first time on any other production? Let's go with, uh, let's start with how about very first time ever on a set? That question can go any way you guys want it. So I'll put it that way. If you know, if you don't remember your very first time ever on a set, that's fine too. But you know, in this case, very you've done a lot of series. So I mean, you I know, remember. first time yeah, on any kind of set. I'm going to go ahead like and you? talk about your very first time. Uh, very first time, I don't really remember. Other first times, I very much remember. Um, Oh, there's this one thing I did. Um, I, I was pretty nervous. Not really nervous, but like excited. You know that feeling when you're about to do something like go on a roller coaster and you're like on the stairs and your heart's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. But you're really excited. Um, I was really excited to meet all these people. And I don't usually work with other kids when I'm on sets. I usually work with the adults, but I, I still I still like them because they're very wise and interesting and fun. And um yeah, I get I get uh pretty nervous though. Um but once once it it comes the time to uh actually do the scene, I'm very like in the zone, almost like when you tunnel vision, but for that. Hmm. You, you totally give yourself into the scene. You're yeah. you're in the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 
Now, you know, you mentioned uh, that you guys have worked with a lot of adults typically. And one of those shows I want to talk about before we get into Star Trek that had a whole lot of adults uh, was sci-fi franchise. That isn't Star Trek. That was The Expanse. And mm. you guys were both in The Expanse and you're working side by side in that show, in fact. Now, was that the first time you ever worked together professionally on a show? Yeah, on camera. Yeah. Yeah, that was the very first time that they had uh, scenes together where they were interacting with each other, playing off of each yeah. other. Yeah, that was that was pretty special. It, yeah, it was. Was it kind of weird to like act with your brother and your sister? You know what? Not really, because we run scripts with each other a lot, so we were kind of like used to it. And also, I mean, just being twins, we had that kind of like relationship where we were like, okay, um, got to put up with him every day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it was just. It was really cool. I mean, the set was really cool, but also just working with my sister. Um, I was wondering how it was going to go. And then as we got further and further into shooting, I was like, okay, this is going pretty great. So, yeah. What's your favorite memory you guys have on set from working together? There's this part, I think it was the last day of shooting. I'm not sure. Probably. Um, it was where me and him were uh, running through forest and i don't know it was just like maybe it was the adrenaline maybe it was dark i don't know but it just felt like very surreal (laughs) yeah yeah um i remember on that day as well i was like i was kind of almost gonna get like really emotional because you know i remember just like while we were running in that scene not like yeah, while we were running in the scene, uh, like you looked at me and I looked at, <laughs> I looked at you, and um, I I just kind of like in my mind said we made it twenty, and you did. I was so yeah. I was so happy because you know I didn't really like I don't know I didn't really think that we were gonna be we're on gonna something. get this far. We, yeah, yeah, I didn't think yeah. we were gonna. They actually were on camera one time before uh, in a short film called Code Red. (laughs) It was from the the Globe and Mail, the local newspaper. They had a a short film series um, talking about different essays that they had talked about. So the one of them was directed by Rhea uh, Renica Jayapalan, who also directed uh, Kim's Convenience. Um, And he was cast as... Lenny, I think your name was Lenny. My name was, was Lenny, and I was... Like, and Emma was in the same room, but she was just playing background. <laughs> and so they were on camera before, but it wasn't until this that they actually... Uh, got to talk to each other. Got to say stuff back at each other. <laughs> so I'm not really super familiar with The Expanse, um, but I know there's like some scenes I was able to find with you, Emma, where you're like in the woods and there's these like little alien critters. and Dogs. Know, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I don't know what, what those things were, so I'm glad you know. Uh, so, now you're doing those scenes, right? But you can't actually see them, because they're all added later on in post-production. So, what's it like for you to basically be working in front of a green screen, or having to work with something you can't even see? What What did they give you to, to play off of? Well, for, in that case, um, they gave us this green puppet that was shaped like the dog that I named Cheryl. That has a name, okay. Yeah. I thought it was cute, like the green puppet thing, and then I saw it on camera, and it was like slimy and fleshy. But honestly, it's pretty easy, um, as long as you're not stubborn. <laughs> um, yeah, you just gotta use your imagination, uh, and everything should turn out fine. Uh, yeah, that's a good piece of advice, too. Yeah. So you guys also do a lot of voiceover work. And in fact, you're both on PJ Masks and you're also playing a brother and a sister on that show, which is uh, like Carly and Kartoka, right? Yeah, yeah it was, it, I don't, I don't, it's really fun because, you know, these these two characters, um, like they either, you know, make it out in the end. And even if they don't, they still got something that they wanted. And, you know, like yeah. they always have their happy ending. And, you know, they don't really get mad at each other. Ultimate it's like, we lost, but did we really? <laughs> did uh, we really lost? <laughs> it's like participation award. <laughs> participation award. I like participation awards. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it was, real, it was just really cool, you know, like, being there. And also, 
like in voice acting in general, you know, you can really make the character your own. And I love playing villains because you have more to play with and there's so much fun to do. And, you know, you can do evil laughs. And yeah, yeah, you're insane. So you can like, you know, make weird inflections with your words. And I, I especially love doing evil laughs. That's one of my favorite things to that do. That was one of the first things Whenever, we, we really had to research. Is like, yeah. how do you do an evil laugh? So because yeah, I, I had to play this like the first time you had to do an evil laugh was on like on Rusty Rivets, something called had, Rusty Rivets. I had to play this manic robot, uh, this manic dinosaur robot, and he was like this really small but sassy creature <laughs> and i i don't know i just like whenever basically i basically had a napoleon complex yeah wow. and okay. whenever i whenever i got to evil laugh or i would just throw in an evil laugh because why not and they would love it and uh i mean yeah can i do an evil laugh right now to show you uh yeah i was gonna ask you like you can't tease me and not give me an evil laugh even. let's hear the evil laugh <laughs> hey <laughs> That comes back like that was really evil. Throw it in there. <laughs> do it. Um, Emma, I got to hear your evil laugh too. Do you have one also? Do the Carly. Can I, like, can the Carly I like, cover my face or what? Can I do? Whatever you want to do. I want to hear this laugh. I got to hear if you got one too. Some real evil. Can I like put my face down? Because it's hard. Totally. <laughs> that. that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> now, when you guys record, are you like recording together in these sessions, and are you also recording with the other actors, or is it just kind of you guys in a booth one at a time? It's very rare that you're gonna. I mean, like maybe first time that they're I gonna mean, have the whole ensemble in the booth. You want to talk? Okay, I'm just the dad. No. <laughs> I'm just the dad. I think, just gonna go all over now. I, think, dad. I think once or twice. Um, we were in the booth together, which is pretty cool. Um, but most of the time, uh, half of the, half of the times we recorded, we were in the booth, but then once we got our own little home booth installed, we did the rest in there. I mean, we yeah. had a little makeshift booth. We had, we had a makeshift booth. At the beginning of first. pandemic. And it was like our closet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And blankets uh, upon blankets know, like upon when, blankets. And then when the uh, one came out, the other person would go in and... Uh, it's our like, your turn. Go your <laughs> turn, go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... I mean... Sorry. Uh, yeah, I like recording in the studio well it, there was a time where we couldn't record at home and we had to go into the studio and still they would sort of block off a certain amount of time for for one one sibling and then uh, the other sibling would head in right after okay. um since pj mass they've actually been on a couple of other um animations together as brother and sister which was kind of funny ian emma if you had your choice what would you rather do voiceover acting or acting on screen Acting on screen. Um, you know, I I People. really like I really like voice acting because you know you can play whatever character. Like it doesn't matter your skin color or how small you are or how like your voice is. Like you can make it your own. But I have to say on screen because I get to be like I get to be responding to real people and um, it's actually like my face on screen. Um, on screen, don't even have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my face. And, um, I mean, I really, I think it's really cool whenever I see like a voiceover thing come out and like I see my character's face because I'm like, whoa, I look so cool. But, uh, yeah, I think I like on screen better because I get to be in front of real people and we get to be like feeding off of each other's energy. Trek Untold will return momentarily. Truth Untold is sponsored by Triple Fiction Productions. Celebrating 15 years in business in 2023, TFP creates 3D-printed Star Trek and sci-fi-inspired items that fit into any collection. Whether you're a cosplayer who wants a Starfleet phaser, a Bajoran tricorder, or a Klingon dagger, or a toy collector looking for that special accessory or diorama to make your figures truly stand out, Triple Fiction Productions has exactly what you need. 
And for you figure fanatics, that includes products that are the perfect size for Galoob, Mego, Playmates, and everything in between. All products are 3D printed in the U.S., with new designs constantly being updated on their website. Repeat customers can sign up for TFP's loyalty program for free, which is a great way to save money as you build your collection. Repeat customers can sign up for TFP's loyalty program for free, which is a great way to save money as you build your collection. Repeat customers can sign up for TFP's loyalty program for free, where the more you order, the more discounts you receive. TFP also has a pay what you want section, where clearance or misprinted items are available at a discount price. Best of all, every product can be shipped worldwide. As a special bonus for listeners of this show, Trek Untold has a special discount code just for you. Enter Untold10 at checkout for 10% off of all orders with no minimum purchase required. That's 10% off using Untold10. To see all of their products, head to triple-fictionproductions.net. Or to stay up to date on their newest products, find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Triple Fiction Productions, where something is only impossible until it happens. Are you looking for the perfect fashion statement to show you're a geek and proud of it? Well, welcome to Geek Girl's Castle, where I make fun and functional geeky clothing and accessories for every occasion. My name is Missy, and I started creating my own gear and apparel in 2015 to bring nerdy products to the geek girl population, which does include all LGBTQA+, non-binary, and POC and BIPOC folks. I couldn't find anything for us gals except t-shirts, so I decided to combine my passion for fashion with my fandoms, ranging from handmade skirts with really large pockets, travel accessories like toiletry bags, luggage tags, and zipper pouches. I also embroider nerdy items for home decor like wall hangings and hand towels, and products like keychains, bookmarks, and journal covers. Need something to carry all that in? Well, I make great bags to put all those accessories into or onto. Whether you like Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Marvel, DC, and everything else in between, there is something for every girl. My website is constantly updated with new styles and fandoms, no matter what time or dimension you come from. If you'd like to browse my products or ask for something custom, visit me at geekgirlscastle.com. That's geekgirlscastle.com. All right, so guys, let's beam into our Star Trek discussion now, and we have two episodes of Strange New Worlds to talk about. So we start first with Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach with Ian as the first servant, and then we have the next one with Emma playing Oriana in All Those Who Wander. So how did you guys get cast for the role? Because Star Trek shows are usually pretty secretive, right? So, you know, what was the audition like, if you remember, and did you know it was for a Star Trek show? Uh, Yeah, I I did know because... um... In the audition sides, it said their real names like Pike or Spock, so we knew. And also because it's in Toronto, like the series, it's in Toronto. So, um, you know, I was really happy to be getting uh, a Star Trek audition. And it was, you know, it took a few days to memorize, um, not because of the dialogue. The normal dialogue was fine. The technical dialogue, because my... My, um, my character is talking about like, uh, radio frequencies and quantum bio implants. And I remember, uh, like in one of the takes, uh, I, like, I was like, dang it, I didn't pronounce that properly. And they were like, and I was like, what? And they were like, <laughs> oh my God, you said it. <laughs> you, 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 you like said it flawlessly. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. But, um, you know, it was just like the self tape. And then, uh, like about a month afterwards, I, cause there wasn't really a callback. Um, so about a month afterwards, I got the offer and I was like jumping up and down and I was so happy because it's Star Trek and I'm going to be a part of the Star Trek family. So. And by the way, the word, I don't know if anybody taught you that on set, the word for all those like crazy science words, us Trekkies, we call it techno babble. Have you heard that before? Techno babble. <gasps> It was on the tip of my tongue. Technobabble. Technobabble. I will have to use that in the future. Technobabble. It's a very good word to know. Emma, what was your audition like? My audition? uh, Well, I got it. And then it was really simple. Just I I just had to tape it. I sent it in. (laughs) I I taped it. I sent it in. And then... uh, I guess, I guess they liked it because I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's usually a sign of a good audition is when you book the role. So yeah, good job for sure. 
Ian, you actually got to do some performing on the set of the Enterprise, and I'm very jealous. I wish I got to run around that bridge. Yeah, that's really cool. What did you think <laughs> yeah. of those sets? Was it like anything you'd ever seen before? Yeah, it was so fun. And um, my neighbor, my neighbor is a very big Trekkie, and he was like, "Oh, you got to teleport!" And um, I, like he was like, "Don't talk to me! Don't talk to me! I'm so jealous!" And it was it was so funny. Um, and it was so fun because I. I don't know. I just like I was in the set of a starship, yeah. and any chance I could get, I would just be touching the walls, and I'd be like, ha, 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 "This is so cool!" And um, I remember like the seats on in the med bay was like really, um, they were really comfy. Yeah, and you know, I, I yeah, they actually put cushions on. They actually them. put oh, yeah. they actually it wasn't put just molded plastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was so cool, like seeing, um, these, like, these actors, these iconic actors playing these iconic characters and just me being, being able to, like, see that and be a part of that. Now, Emma, you had a similar experience on a starship, except that your ship was all crashed and smashed and dark and spooky and pretty scary. Cause your episode is basically like a Star Trek horror movie, which is really cool, but it's pretty yeah. different than the typical episode. So, you know, what was your experience like on, on that set? Cause it's like dark. You're walking down these dim corridors. Uh, that looks a little bit unpleasant. <laughs> Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't really unpleasant. Uh, one of my first days I was sitting in front of like the fire thingy and, um, these are words, Emma. <laughs> and, um, in between scenes, I would either like just, like put my hands over it and be like, hey, hey, warm. Or I would go outside and I'd put my my face in like where they would come in to try and like find me. Um, there was like a bunch of like smoke thingies and okay. smoke um, machines. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's techno battle just, right there. Yeah, <laughs> I just put my face in it and they'd be like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> How about you, Eric? I mean, your first time seeing the Star Trek set, you get to see it twice. I mean, your lifetime, which is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, um, what's it like for you? You know what? Actually, uh, while I was, um, while Ian was filming the majority of his stuff, it was actually mom that went with him because I was somewhere else uh, with Emma. She was shooting a movie in Cayman Islands. Okay. Um, but, uh, but then I came back and he was able to come to the air wall, uh, one time. So I was able to go, but it, it's, it was basically they repurposed the, the regular, um, star, the enterprise set to look all damaged and stuff to, for the, for the other one, the, the, the crashed ship. So it was, it was really, really surreal and really cool. I was looking all over the place for a replicator. <laughs> um, no, really cool. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that just the cast and the, the crew, the crew is just amazing. We had a really amazing, uh, cast coordinator. Her name was Zara and she Zara. took care of the kids. They, she just fell in love with the kids She's and like took an care auntie. of them. She's like a fun auntie. She was so, I don't know. She was just so. Just a beautiful like, personality inside of but she made everything just so welcoming. And in general, the the entire production was just great. And you know? we had like a lot in common to like talk about and just like joke about. And she was just super fun to have on set. She's amazing, and she made um, the workplace. I mean, like whenever I go to work, like I'm I look forward to it. But you know, the faces that you come to each day, those are a big part of it. And what you, you know, what you get to be around and the energy that, you know, you just love coming to work. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love my job because people are so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Eric, I'm glad you mentioned the AR wall because uh, I was going to actually ask you about that, Ian, because that is a really cool thing. That's a pretty new thing for Star Trek and for just filming in general. Uh, you know, so I'd like to know which of your scenes use that AR wall and just what's it like to, to be using that thing? Because I've never gotten the chance to look at one of those as close as you have. So, yeah, tell me about that. Okay, um, well, <laughs> the only scenes from me that they use, I remember in Europe, so they used it for like the snowy outside scene. But the only scenes that they used, uh, for me was, um, the like down, like, not the downstairs, like the underground chamber 
where um, Pike gets knocked out. And um, yeah, it was just super cool. And uh, it was like thousands of monitors. And uh, I remember I was just like staring at one of the LEDs and it was so cool just staring at it. And uh, Anson was like, what are you looking at, bud? And I was like, that LED light. <laughs> and yeah, it was just so cool because it was pretty trippy as well because it, like on my coverage when I was moving, the thing would move with me. So I was like, whoa, I mean, <clears throat> so it was really fun. And you also got to do some prosthetics for your role too, right? So can you tell me what that was like? Well, um, getting it on was really fun, uh, but getting it off, like, cause I have really sensitive skin. So, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, <laughs> sometimes at the end of the day, it would like kind of cause redness and irritation, but it would like after like a few minutes, it would just, it would get better. Um, and yeah, it would just, it would get better. And my mom, like, is freaked out by the prosthetics because I like to keep it a lot. So then in the car, I was like, oh, mom, my mom, look at my finger. She's like, ah, ah. And it was so funny. Yeah, Ian keeps wanting to keep the skin flaps and we say no. They're so skin cool. Flip. And they're so, like, they just feel real. Just stick it on the stove. <laughs> I used to do that. I would, like, wet the back of it and just be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they let you take it home, take that thing home and save that. Because so many actors I talked to who did, like, Trek in the 90s, they didn't get to keep theirs. So if you actually get yours, man, hold on to that. Honestly, I, I'm pretty sure my m- mom made me throw them all away. It, oh. it really, for Ian, because it was, like, right there, it was yeah. a very, very thin, skinny piece of silicone. One, one actually, one didn't get taken away, and I looked for it, and it disintegrated. So. Yeah, that'll happen, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Emma, yeah. you got to actually stay a human being, which is cool. That's a little bit less time in the makeup chair. Uh, but there was someone else who was like playing a really crazy alien. And maybe you could help fill me in on this. Uh, there's an actor named Carlos uh, Albornoz. He played yeah. Buckley. So, yeah, like, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about what his makeup was like and how much of that was actual makeup? How much of that was CG that we saw later on in the episode? None of that was CG. Oh, wow. All physical. Yeah. And it wasn't makeup. Technically, it was a mask. Okay. Yeah. Helmet mask. Giant mask with little <laughs> animatronic little <laughs> with little animatronic animatronic bitties inside that would make the mouth move. And um I don't know if this helped Carlos or not, but in between scenes, um I'd be like, Can I can I touch the 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 glove? Cause it was like yeah. Yeah, like a glove that was like three fingers. Yeah. And- yeah. They would mess around with his costume and high five each other. Like uh, Emma and, and the other uh, actor on the show played Cadet Chia, Jess Daniker, and a really good friend of ours. And they they would take his glove and put the glove on and high five, and we'd take pictures. Yeah. No pictures on set, actually, unofficially. Um, but Carlos actually he, played. He, Played my dad on a Canadian Blood Services commercial. So. Oh wow! There's a blood bank commercial in uh, in one of his earlier commercials, and Carlos was actually his dad. So it was it was kind of we knew him from before, um, but he's doing well for himself, and he, he's done a lot of good stuff so far. Um, but his biggest complaint was that <laughs> it was compl- sweaty. He was very it's hot sweaty. It's sweaty. He had a like actually had a a, a unit that was like by his side that was pumping cold water through the suit to cool him off, um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, be happy you guys didn't have to wear anything like that. Cause yeah, those are not the most fun things to wear, but you know, so you guys that. mentioned also that the whole arm that Carlos had to wear, cause I wanted to ask you about something else I just learned about. And that was talking to Ava Blackwell. And I think you, at least, uh, yeah, I think at the very least Emma, you should have met her, right? Cause she was the person playing the Gorn arm puppet. Do you remember anything about that? I don't remember meeting her then. <laughs> I don't think she had any scenes with the Gorn arm. Uh, okay. In particular. She did work with her. Can't tell you where, but uh, maybe you'll, you'll find out later. Oh, okay. um, that tease. I'm not going to get you started. Stop did. right there that question. Oh, I, yeah. I actually worked with her on uh, episode six. She played one of the guards. Yep. And she was just super fun on set. You know, we, we just talked. And she, I was like, can I hold it? And she was like, sure, just don't stab yourself in the eye. 
And <laughs> yeah. She was actually the guard that knocked out Pike. Yeah, she's a really cool person. She's been on my show twice, and we love having her. And I'm so glad you guys got to work with her too. That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, you, you guys mentioned a little bit now about some of the folks you work with. We just mentioned Ava. Uh, we've already mentioned Anson Mount, but you know, you guys also got a chance to basically work with uh, you know Celia Rose Gooding, uh, Babs, whose last name I'm not gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna try to say it. This is my techno babble. Uh, Babs Alusa Monaco. No, I'm not even gonna try to say it. Babs, uh, who plays Doctor Mbenga, uh, from a lot of the regulars in the show. So who did you spend the most time hanging out with off camera? Um. For me, I spent a lot of time with uh, with with Christina Chong and Celia and Just. Jess Bush. <laughs> yeah, we did this little uh, camp out, like in the green green room. We put a bunch of blankets down and we just took a nap. <laughs> that sounds really fun. It was the day that uh, that at the air she had to also do AR wall stuff and uh, um, in the green room of that complex they it was a late shoot and they ended up all kind of snuggling up and taking a nap and i was just like okay i'll just go away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that was also the day that a meme was born because we we took a picture of jess bush and it was basically just her lying down and with her sunglasses <laughs> yeah um for me, it like I spent a lot of time in the green room, green room with um, Ethan and Anson and Sean, who played my dad. Um, yeah, he was like he. They were really nice, and um, you know, uh, Ethan was like just really cool. Um, you know, they were really intimidating on set. I gotta say, like. Because they they didn't really do anything to be intimidating. Just their energy and, like, how there's such a big role in, sh- in the show. Um, but, like, later, um, you know, it kind of became more casual. And I didn't really feel as imita- intimidated. Oh, my God, speak. Um, I didn't feel as intimidated later. But I remember um, there was one time where uh, uh, Jess was like in the green room too and uh, i saw that she had a tattoo and i was like hey hey did that did that hurt and uh <laughs> she was like oh not not really and my dad was like no it <laughs> it did it really hurt tattoos hurt right yeah, it's absolutely yeah they are so yeah. painful <laughs> i have like 300 of them on my back that i can't show you guys i was crying the entire time so painful <laughs> so you know you're working with a lot of really cool folks who have a really big presence like you were saying Ian. you know like they have a lot of charisma they have a lot of, of something about them that makes them authorities you know like so when you're working with these kinds of folks i mean do they give you any acting tips do they teach you anything while you're on set i don't remember if it was about acting but i remember uh on the ar scene on the ar wall day I'm pretty sure uh, I was. It was your last day too. It was my last night, and I was talking about bullets. And Anson was like, "I have to deal with them too," and um, he gave me a tip and said, uh, "You know, if like if it's like a group, go to the biggest one and punch them." And I was like, "Oh, (laughs) oh," and um, you know. Is I mean, it would be pretty funny, like, if someone asked, like, why would you do that? And I'd be like, because Anson Mount told me to. <laughs> yeah, that, That's As pretty fair. Disclaimer, I don't think Anson uh, advocates violence. But <laughs> you I, don't want to get violent. I, I know he, he does advocate for self-defense, you know. And... Yeah. And um, honestly, I'll, I, I've kept that in my mind for a long time. I haven't had to do that yet. But um, because I've been online since the beginning of the pandemic, <laughs> so um, you know, we're going into in person this year, so maybe people, maybe. <laughs> How about you, Emma? Do you any, like, tips for come out and punch <laughs> I'm not gonna just punch someone randomly. I'm not gonna just go to a big kid in grade twelve and be like, <laughs> yeah. it's not a bad way to start a school year, but I mean, but don't do that. Don't do that. Also, tattoos hurt. <laughs> Hmm. Emma, how about you? Did you uh, get to like really chat with anybody? And like, did you get any tips or advice from anyone? I don't remember anything I got from Star Trek. I don't think I really got anything from Star Trek. Okay, I think I, I remember Celia was uh, really supportive, and she just you know had a really good energy about her, and she was really supportive of you. You 
know, and just trying to boost you up as much as possible, you know? So did you guys watch the episodes when they came out? Yeah. Yes. We yeah. did like a party. We did have, yeah. we had like a, a party with, um, my neighbor who's a Trekkie, my other neighbor who's really close to us, uh, and my mom's friend and just Anaker and, uh, her friend. And I, it, yeah, it was just really fun, you know, watching the episode and something funny mm-hmm. that we did was when like this, we paused on the part where, uh, the wires kind of plug into my face and I'm like, ah! And uh, I kind of went up to the TV and was like, and then, <laughs> yeah. Mom's big on photos. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, uh, loved, but it was a nice loved, night. You had, uh, they, we stuck the TV outside on the deck and we had a bunch of people pull out their lawn chairs. And, uh, and we, we've done that before for other, for other shows too. But uh, this one was, you know, more intimate because it was Star Trek and we had uh, uh, close friends. So Eric, you know, we're talking about these episodes of Star Trek and they're pretty mature in themes. You know, like there, there's some pretty heavy stuff here. I mean, you're basically, you know, one episode, Ian doesn't really survive that episode. Uh, Emma, you do make it out of there alive, but you know, there's some pretty mature themes. So I mean, what do you think as a parent when you read these scripts? I mean, how do you decide what's okay? What's not okay? And I guess ultimately, were you okay with the kind of content that was in these two episodes? Um. To be honest, I didn't know that the first servant was gonna get killed off like that. But pretty uh, brutal. Sorry, but anyone spoilers? Sorry. You know, in the end, it's 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 sort of something we we come to just accept, and we say like, okay, this is part of life, and these are the kind of issues that people are talking about. About uh, there was a big discussion about about um, when that after that that episode came out. A lot of the social issues that were that were being discussed. So it was it was an important episode, and I think it, it was important also think. to yeah. to like <laughs> to represent as well, you know, and just to put your best foot forward and to show that because because I know they're kids, but at the same time, to, to be in this kind of industry, you you do have to have a certain level of maturity um, and professionalism as even as as kids, you know, kids can be kids, but you know, with, with regard to the content that you can face, it's, it's one of those things where kids kind of have to, I think it's the parent's job to prepare them for that, you know, and, and that's, that's just any, any good parent's job is to, to make them prepared for life and be prepared for the, the good, the bad and the ugly of life. Yes, Matthew. Fun sure. fact. Uh, I one of the things my neighbor was jealous about is that uh, I got to hold a phaser on my last day. Oh, I, about I have not held a, a proper phaser before. What's that like? What's that power like to hold that? It was so powerful, and um, I said, <laughs> you know, it, it? it did, and I said it to the highest level, and the proper person was like, "No," and yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I got a few more questions, you guys. So let's lightning round this real quick here. So no time to think, just gotta answer it, alright? So and we'll, we'll trade off. So, so we'll start this with Emma, and then we'll go over to Ian, right? So first question, what is the role in each of your careers so far that you're most proud of that you would want someone who's never seen your work before to watch? Okay, so this hasn't come out yet, but it's gonna come out sometime in the fall. It's called Grendel, and it's pretty intense, and Gory, but if you are okay with that stuff, please go watch that. It comes out in the fall. It's called The Grendel on Netflix. It's amazing. Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. 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 For me, it would be uh, a series on Crave called Chapoy. It's you know it's a it's a horror series about uh, vampires, but it also um, tells a story of a family that's grieving from the loss of their mother. That's a Stephen King uh, adaptation. Stephen King. Oh, nice. Uh, well, it was Jerusalem. It Epics. was from the Epics. small Jerusalem plot. Yeah. All right, so Ian, I'm going to throw this one at you first. If you yep. weren't acting, what would you want to see yourself doing instead? You know what? I feel like I would really like it if I, like, sorry, if I did, um, you know, uh, Taekwondo, um, like, full-time or gymnastics full-time. Okay. Because, um, you know, I Not remember... I mean, well, I mean, if I wasn't going to do acting, you know, I feel like maybe if I wasn't acting right now, maybe sometime later in my life, I would be. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. For me, I have three jobs that I tell everyone I want to do. One, I want to be a bartender. Two, I want to be a scientist. And three, I want to be an animator. Oh, um, that makes me think. I would like to be a barista because I make a killer iced coffee. I'm great at making them, especially in the, um, (laughs) I like, I like making hot, like really fancy hot chocolates with like my milk father and stuff in uh, Christmas time. Because I love Christmas. Okay. It so much joy. Yes, we are lucky that way that we have a barista at home with this guy. Yeah. All right, now how about most valuable piece of advice someone ever told you? This one was in Vancouver. I was shooting something a couple months ago, more than a couple months ago. Um, And this amazing person, Abubakar Ali, he told me, that if I'm ever nervous doing anything, treat it like a game so that it like calms down the nerves. And I'm like, you're an amazing person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the same day that we were talking about bullies and Anton Mount said, bullies come and go. You know, I don't know where they are right now, probably somewhere not enjoying their lives, but look at me. I'm enjoying my life and I play uh, one of the stars of Star Trek. And I was like, whoa. And another um, really important uh, piece of advice that I learned was from uh, my co-star, Emily Hampshire, from Chapelweight. Sorry, I'm speaking really low. Um, I learned this. Uh, she said, everything happens for a reason. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I believe that because I remember... I, uh, there were two people and I was one of the two and I lost the role and I was super sad about it. And, you know, she was just like, Hey, everything happens for a reason. If I took this role, I like this certain role, I wouldn't be able to do Shit's Creek and 12 monkeys. And I probably wouldn't be doing chapel weight right now. And I was like, thank you for telling me that. And I, I like in my bedroom because it was three DMs in my bedroom. I started crying because it was so we, important. We call her Auntie M. Auntie M. Emily Hampshire, we love you. Auntie M. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. good uh, advice from both you guys. In fact, that's some stuff that I think a lot of adults don't even know. So it's really cool that you got it at such a young age. So I hope you don't ever forget those things that you learned. Uh, so last thing for today here, what's the best thing about being a part of the Star Trek universe? Oh my gosh, it? there's so many. Like you know, I. I'm just a part of this family now. I'm part of the family, and that's such an honor. And I'm also here forever because it's already done. It's already done, and I am here forever. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I'm just I'm part of this family now. I feel like the best part is being able to be a part of being able to entertain so many people. And I don't know, it might just make their day. It, it probably, I hope it makes their day. Uh, yeah, probably being able to entertain. And you know what? You're canon now. Canon Star Trek stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool, you guys. And yeah, I mean, Strange New World is such a great show to be on. And both your episodes are so good. And you guys did such amazing jobs on that. That's why I really wanted to talk to you guys. Because really, like, you did a spectacular job. Everybody on the internet was talking about how good you guys were. Uh, so yeah, it's been so cool to chat with you guys today. And, you know, a You're lot so of folks nice. have come on this show. And, uh, oh, sorry? You're so nice, Matthew. Thank you for having us. It's Thank you, you guys. And, you know, I wanted to tell you, too, I've had a lot of folks who are on the show who are actors, and I've had a bunch who actually were really young when they started acting also. And I've even talked to a few who did Star Trek, but they were like six years old. And then they came back to the show like 30, 40 years later. And not only did they do Star Trek again, but they had just a great career and all these other cool things. So I really very much wish the same thing for all you guys. I hope I get to have you guys back here 30 years from now, and you can tell me everything else you've done. And hopefully... That's also some more Star Trek in between. And, uh, and Eric, you're doing a great yeah. job. You and your wife yeah. doing a great job raising these two. So thank you guys so much for being here thank today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for having us. And hopefully we see you soon. And if no one's taught you yet, can you guys do, do you know how to do the Live Long and Prosper? Yes. Live Long and Prosper. Beautiful. That's it for this week's episode of Trek Untold. Until next time, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trek Untold, all one word. If you'd like to directly support this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter over on patreon.com slash trekuntold, which gives you access to some great perks that can't be beat. 
or pick up some merchandise from our store or use my Amazon shop link to check out all kinds of different Star Trek merchandise. Links for all these things are in the show notes. Shout out to Triple Fiction Productions for being a key sponsor of Trek Untold. Don't forget to check them out and all of the fine folks whose ads you've seen or heard on this podcast, too. If you have any questions, feedback, or comments for the show, or would like to suggest a guest or discuss sponsorship options for any of these episodes in the future, send me a message at trekuntold at gmail.com. I hope to see you here again as we uncover more untold stories from Star Trek and beyond and get to know even more amazing people who have contributed to this ever-expanding universe. Until next time, I'm Matthew Kaplowitz, and remember, fortune favors the bold. Trek Untold is sponsored by treksphere.com. Promoting fan-produced Star Trek content in all forms. Powered by the Rageworks Podcasting Network and is affiliated with Nerd News Today.